Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Have you ever wanted to lead a Bible study, but just don't feel equipped? Studying scripture together is so valuable and important, but being the one to lead can feel intimidating. Today, we are giving you all kinds of practical information about leading a Bible study, and we are making a super exciting announcement about something brand new coming from the Daily Grace Co. So listen on to hear all this good stuff. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Stephanie, and I'm here with my co-host, Joanna. Hello. Well, last week, we talked about why we should study Scripture with other people. And we talked about why it's not just a social thing, but really it's an important aspect of how God designed His people to live and grow. So if you haven't listened to that yet, we highly recommend you do so. Um, And especially if you're not currently studying Scripture in community. And in that episode, we talked a lot about our fears that may um, hold us back from studying Scripture and engaging with others in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. But then we also recognize that some people just don't have a group readily available to them. And so today we're going to speak to that. But before we do, of course, um, you know, I have to ask you, Joanna, what is a favorite thing of yours from this week? Yeah, so I think my favorite thing was actually yesterday. Um, my daughter is starting a little two-year-old preschool class this year. She's going to be going Aww. a few days a week. And we got to meet her teacher yesterday. And it was the cutest little thing. We got to go in her class and she just played with toys the whole time and <laughs> just kind of got acquainted with the space. So yeah. tomorrow's her first day. So I've been packing her lunch and everything tonight um, yeah. and just hoping and praying that she doesn't cry too much and that I don't cry too much whenever yeah. I drop her off tomorrow. <laughs> right. I'm always that mom. It's like, are you yeah. okay? Are you okay? I like project my yeah. anxiety on my kids. <laughs> I know. I need to be careful not to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like full blown back to school season in the South here mm-hmm. where we are. Yeah. And it's super early. It um, But You know, I think everybody's ready. So similar to that, um, last night, my favorite thing was that I got to meet other moms from our um, class school conversations community. So that's just a homeschool community that uses like classical education. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun to just connect with these moms that are like minded and that will um, just kind of be in each other's lives in this kind of capacity. So it was nice to meet a lot of new faces and see who we're going to be doing a little bit of life with. So that was my favorite thing. Very cool. Well, speaking of doing life together, (laughs) like you said, Stephanie, on our last episode, we did talk about how important it is to be studying scripture in community with other believers. And we know that a lot of you might not have a place where you can do that. And so we want to help equip you to lead one yourself, to lead a Bible study. Um, You know, maybe your church 
does a women's Bible study and you want to be able to help volunteer and help lead, whether it's a small group or an entire Bible study. And so we want to do that today. We want to talk about how you can make that happen. And we also told you last week that we have a really exciting announcement. And so we are going to share that with you now. I feel like we need those sound effect drum rolls. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So we are launching something called Daily Grace Local. Yay! And so most of you know that the Daily Grace Co., which this podcast is a part of, has the goal of equipping disciples in the word. And one of the biggest parts of the Daily Grace Co. is Bible studies. Um, We create and sell just these honestly beautiful studies that are rich Mm -hmm. with biblical truth. Um, And a lot of you buy these to do individually or with a friend or with your church. Well, we really believe that studying God's word together is really important. And so Daily Grace Local will be a way for you to join with other women in your local area to work through Daily Grace Co. studies together in Mm -hmm. real life. (laughs) So you'll be able to be a part of Daily Grace Local by either becoming a leader or by joining an existing group. So we're going to be offering training materials for leaders that will help you learn how to study scripture, how to lead a Bible study, and give some basic theological training as well. And so there will be an online community for the leaders to continue to learn and grow and support each other. And we just want this to be a great opportunity to help you be able to be supported and equipped to lead and disciple other women. So this is brand new obviously, which means (laughs) we don't have any groups in place yet, but we need to hear from you in order to make that happen. So we have a couple of options up on our website, um, thedailygraceco.com, and we'll link the specific link in our show notes too. Um, So if you are interested in joining a group or becoming a leader, we have options for you there. So if you're interested in joining a group, you can sign up on the website and give us your name, your contact info, and your location. Um, And that way we can get in touch with you when a group opens up in your area. Um, This also gives us a chance to see where there is interest. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a group of ladies in your area who might all be interested, get them together and tell them to all go sign up. Because then we'll know, hey, we need to start a group in this town of this state or wherever it may be. Um, And so if you're interested in doing that, whether being in a group or becoming a leader, you can go onto the website and sign up because there's also an option to apply to become a leader. Um, And again, if you already have ladies who are interested in being in your group, tell them to sign up so we can get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're hoping to have these groups available all over the place. But like we said, it depends on you. So go sign up. Let us know that you're interested. Check out the show notes to get the direct link there. Um, But today in this podcast episode, we wanted to give you a little bit of a sneak peek and help equip you to lead a Bible study now, even before these groups are all set up and established. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that can feel intimidating and overwhelming, um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, You know, I will say that I have had some experience leading Bible studies in the context of my own local church and I will be the first to say that it can feel really intimidating. Um, But as you become equipped and as you honestly practice and you get some guidance, it becomes a lot less intimidating. Mm -hmm. Not that you never have nerves, um, but this should be something that will help you to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. Talk about using technology to serve us, right? And and help us Mm -hmm. um, become better equipped to be 
leaders for the glory of God. I just think this is so great, such a great resource. Um, so highly encourage you if you just feel led to just lead, um, sign up to be a leader because I know there's going to be a lot of resources that are going to help you um, be more equipped um, if, if that's mm-hmm. holding you back. So, I mean, I remember the very first time or second time that I've led, really every time, there's always just this fear or this feeling of feeling totally unqualified to lead. And mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's because I feel like each of us knows very intimately the gaps of our own knowledge. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just <laughs> yeah. get hung up on that, you know. So every yeah. time I have to remind myself that this is God's ministry. And my job is to prepare and strive to faithfully teach the word of God. And, you know, honestly, I still, like I said, go through these mental processes every time I lead a Bible study or I meet up with people one-on-one. And and I think it's a good thing in that it keeps me in a posture of dependence on the Lord. Um, so, yeah, it's not like you're going to be nerve-free. Um, and that's right. like your point of being ready to lead. Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. You're never going to feel like 100% prepared for everything that could possibly happen. Right. But we do want to help equip you to have a little bit more confidence and to, to know that this is something that you can do. Yes. You know, you don't have Absolutely. to be some kind of seminary professor or something to lead a Bible study. You can lead the, a Bible study in the context of your own local church or community. Yes. And so it's really important that we study God's word together. You know, we talked about this back in episode 27, that studying God's word together really helps to deepen our understanding of God, of ourselves, and of others. And so I really highly encourage you, if you haven't listened to episode 27, please go back and listen to that. It's really a helpful precursor, I think, to this episode. Yeah, and in that conversation, we really work through um, just some honest, legitimate fears um, going into this um, idea of studying scripture together. So that involves being vulnerable and sharing your story. And maybe that includes past sins and hurts. And, and you know, there is a potential for judgment there, right? So, you know, we talked all through that in that episode, and we ultimately said, you know, it is 1000% worth it to study scripture with others. So moving forward, let's say you're ready, but you don't have a group. So you're considering leading your own group. And so those fears that I just mentioned, they're they're there, but they're also these additional fears, um, kind of like, you know, you'll think, will people show up? Do I know the Bible enough? You know, what if I get asked a mm. question that I don't know the answer to? What if Yikes. someone in the study <laughs> knows more than me? And Mm -hmm. you can even think, you know, I'm still wrestling with these certain sins. Am I qualified to do Mm -hmm. this? And I think those are good questions to work through, you know, privately in prayer and maybe with a fellow believer, a mentor or a friend that can speak the truth and love to you. Um, But I think one of the most important things we have to be honest with ourselves about is this. If we desire to faithfully lead women through the word of God, we must first faithfully study his word on our own. Yeah. And by no means are we saying that you need to be an expert student of God's word before you can lead a group. We're not saying that, you know, if that were the case, I'll be the first to say that I don't qualify. Um, Hmm. But really, I thought about it this way, right? Say, I mean, you wouldn't want your child learning biology from someone who has never really read a biology textbook, right? Hmm. And I mean, a great biology teacher by no means has to have a PhD in biology, but 
they should have knowledge of the subject matter and have engaged with it on a deeper level before teaching it to a classroom of students. So I think that helps me see it and that we are saying we should make a personal commitment to faithfully study his word on our own before leading a Bible study. And, you know, it's totally fine if you've never been to seminary. I've never been to seminary. Um, Studying God's word is not confined to seminaries, right? Mm -hmm. Engaging with the Bible using the inductive method is something anyone can do. And if you're new to the inductive method, there are plenty of resources to help you understand that approach to studying the Word. And one that I wanted to point you to today is the Word of Life study. And it's a free two-week study available to you on the Daily Grace Co. app, which is also a free app to download. And Joanna actually (laughs) created really helpful teaching videos to kind of accompany each day's lesson. So if you are completely new to the inductive method or you just want a refresher, Either way, it's a really helpful tool that's available to you right now on the Daily Grace Co. app. Yeah. So, you know, leading a study may or may not include actual teaching. um, But either way, it's really important that we are studying God's word and specifically studying what we're leading other women through before we meet together with them. Um, And, you know, let's talk about some practicals of preparing for a study. So as we prepare to lead a study, first we have to figure out what it is we're going to study, right? So we have to think about several things. One is how much time do you have? You know, you want the women in your study to have time to really engage with the material at more than just a surface level, right? To have the chance to read scripture repetitively and not feel like they're having to read eight chapters a day and really can't dig into it. Mm -hmm. So consider, hey, if you have five weeks to do a study, probably not a good time to do a chronological plan of the Bible, right? You need to be doing something that is attainable that we can really dive into in that five-week time period. And also consider the women in your study. Are they new to studying scripture or are they experienced? Are they new believers or the people who have been believers for a long time? Even if they have been believers for a long time, have they ever been exposed to really deep Bible study? And so, you know, for newer believers, consider something that focuses on the basics of the gospel or the story of scripture. You know, I think like our Amen study from the Daily Grace Co. Mm -hmm. walks through the big picture story of scripture. Yeah. And it's a really great study to do for someone who's not super familiar with all of scripture. Yeah. Um, Or pick something that's more narrative in genre. I know that um, a couple semesters ago at my church, our women's Bible study did the book of Jonah. Mm -hmm. So it was a short book in a narrative style, Mm -hmm. which really gave us a chance to dig deep and be able to easily follow what was going on. Mm -hmm. So then we could pick out where we see like the meta narrative of scripture and where we see it pointing to Christ. And so because it was a little bit simpler to understand the plot, we were able to dive deep, even with having some women who were newer to studying God's word. Yeah, those are great points. I think if you um, want some more kind of suggestions to kind of help you choose a curriculum, you can even consider the church calendar. So if your Mm -hmm. study happens to fall during Lent or Advent, you may want to choose a study intended for those seasons. And, you know, it may even um, gather more interest. It may, you know, even encourage more follow through from your women because they're hearing Mm -hmm. it from other places too, like Sunday worship. And yeah. 
Another thing is if you like using a curriculum with homework, lessons, and discussion questions all laid out, our greatest encouragement is to just make sure that the curriculum that you choose is trustworthy and and really focuses on who God is. Yeah. (laughs) That's a really important thing. And the Daily Grace Co., of course, has so many studies that you can use to guide your group through God's word. Mm -hmm. And I know Joanna and I can both vouch for all of those studies there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trustworthy, solid, biblical. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I actually really like having this kind of framework to kind of guide a group. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's especially helpful if you're new to leading a Bible study. Um, I think it kind of alleviates some of the pressure of leading. And, you know, as you grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's word, I think your ability to lead a group without a curriculum will kind of naturally come. Mm. So you could do both is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I know that my church has done both. We have done studies where we worked through a pre-made Bible study book, like Mm -hmm. some of the ones in the Daily Grace Co. We've also had seasons where we've actually written our own kind of curriculum, written our own Mm -hmm. weekly homework questions, because, you know, for the place where our church was and the study that we wanted to do and the angle we wanted to go at it, Mm -hmm. we didn't find anything that fit that particular season that my church was in. And so we just wrote it ourselves. But if you don't have the time or the margin or the confidence to do that, there are so many great options out there. Yeah. And we'll we'll link a link to all of our Daily Grace Code Bible studies as well. So the next thing you have to figure out once you've decided what you're going to study is when and where you're going to meet. Mm -hmm. So I will say the sweet spot for me that I have found is meeting once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a good amount of text to cover in discussion or teaching time, one week's worth of reading. Yeah. And it's frequent enough that people don't get too far behind, yeah. right? If you yeah. kind of only do it every two weeks, if people got behind, it's really easy to just really fall off mm-hmm. and have a hard time getting back in. It's also infrequent enough that people can commit to it. Yeah. You know, you can commit to one night a week for six weeks or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that one to two hours is a really good amount of time to meet depending on the format of your study. So if you have a large group and are planning on having breakout discussion groups and formal teaching time, go ahead and plan for two hours. If you're planning on a smaller and more casual discussion group, one hour should be plenty of time. Um, Be sure to schedule in time for mingling, though, especially if you have a larger group, um, because women are going to want to catch up and chat over coffee or snacks. And that's actually really important, Mm -hmm. I think, in order to help everybody feel comfortable so that they can talk about these things. Yeah. And as far as meeting locations go, the possibilities are endless. (laughs) I think some great ones are your own church, um, especially if you're having a bigger study. Mm -hmm. Um, Consider having it in your home if that's an option for you. You can have it in a coffee shop. You can have it really anywhere. Um, It really depends on your format and how many women you have attending. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, One other thing to kind of keep in mind when you're choosing a meeting place, I think, though, is childcare. Mm. So if you're in a season with young kids like Joanna and I are, then you kind of have to consider childcare options. And, And you know what? If Even if it means you're inviting the kids to join you at your home during the study time, 
you've at Mm -hmm. least thought through the logistics and you've considered the pros and cons and you're going into the study time with appropriate expectations, right? Yeah. And you're also Mm -hmm. inviting the ladies in your group to have the appropriate expectations as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can get creative here. If you don't have childcare at your church, you can maybe pull money together with your Bible study group ladies and hire a babysitter for all of Mm -hmm. the kids. Um, Maybe they'll be upstairs or at a group member's home that lives two doors down. I know we've considered all of those options. Yeah. Um, And, you know, say you're not in a season where you have to consider little ones, right? I think it's still kind of nice to think through it because maybe some of the ladies you're hoping to join you in your study have kids that can't stay home alone. Um, So I think it's just wise to at least think through childcare needs and, you know, consider ways that you can accommodate them if possible. Mm-hmm. And now I wanted to move on to supplies. And this one is totally optional, but, um, you know, you guys might find it helpful. So first, I think this is most important, is double-spaced printed copies of the text that the woman can use for their annotations, right? So if we're encouraging mm-hmm. the inductive method approach to studying scripture, this is super helpful to provide. And it's basically free. I will link this in our show notes, but it's BibleGateway.com. You search for your text. um, You pick the translation. I just copy and paste it into a Word document. And, you know, I create a little bit wider margins um, just so it leaves room to write. You can leave out cross-references and do all of those things on that website. Um, Another supply to consider providing, especially if you're using a curriculum, is the actual study book or study curriculum. (laughs) If you're going to do this on your own, um, maybe out of your own home, and you don't have the finances to do that, I think that's fine. You know, as long as you clearly communicate that to the ladies in your group and let them know that they're responsible for purchasing the book Mm -hmm. on their own beforehand. We've done both ways. Um, But I will say the Daily Grace Co. has a lot of Bible studies that are beautiful and biblically solid that also happen to go on sale very regularly. So Mm -hmm. just keep an eye out. And you can also order all the studies and just have women contribute the price of study to you and order them in bulk if you need to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last one I had was just totally personal preference, but have a whiteboard or a butcher paper or something that you can teach on, um, especially since it can be referred to during discussion time. I love this. Um, I just think it's important to remember that everyone learns differently. So some of your ladies may be visual learners. Um, So seeing everything written out on a board may be really helpful for them. Maybe someone's a kinesthetic learner. And I know I've had ladies come up and write on the boards themselves. And it just engages Mm. them. And yeah, I just think it's kind of nice to consider different learning styles and try to accommodate as much as you can. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing that I found helpful as far as supplies goes is to supply either pens, highlighters, Mm. colored pencils to annotate, especially if you're going to be working through parts of the inductive method together to have those available for the women to write. Um, And we have a bunch of those at the Daily Grace Co. too that we'll link in our show notes. So let's talk about study format. We said that you can have lots of different formats. Um, They can range from very casual to very formal. But no matter what, it should always be well-planned and intentional. And the way that you structure your study should be intentional. So a casual study does not mean that you show up and just ask everybody what they thought, what stood out to them, or what it meant to them (laughs) with no preparation. Um, It doesn't turn out well. So your study can include some or all of these elements that we're going to talk about. One of them is homework. 
Um, I'm a believer in there always being some kind of homework. Me too. At its simplest level, that could just be read the text yes. and try to read it multiple times if you right. can. Yeah. At least come prepared having read. Um, you could ask women to study the text using the inductive method. Um, you could include questions for them to answer before they come. Mm-hmm. And those could be questions that you've written yourselves or that are part of a curriculum. Our studies at the Daily Grace Co. have daily and weekly questions already written out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have women in your study who are new believers or maybe who are just new to studying the Bible, the inductive method might be a little bit overwhelming at first. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it may be helpful to work through the inductive method together at first yeah. with the goal of helping the women in the group feel equipped to study the text on their own. And so in this case, ask the women to come to each meeting having read the assigned passage. Mm -hmm. Remind them that it's okay to be confused. It's okay to have questions. Encourage them to to write those questions down. And then you can discuss that during the study together. Yeah, I love that. I think encouraging repetitive reading is a must. And I really like the idea of, you know, spending some time in the beginning to go over the inductive method together. And I think it's really helpful because it's training our minds to approach the text um, in a certain way, right? Being equipped with the right questions Mm -hmm. and coming from the right perspective. Another thing to consider when you're kind of thinking about your Bible study format is icebreakers. So some of (laughs) us love it. Some of us hate it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the goal of getting to know each other better is a worthy endeavor, especially Mm -hmm. in larger groups where people may not know each other, right? So Mm -hmm. icebreakers are great because they're really effective ways of getting everyone to talk a little bit in a really low pressure setting. And it can be helpful in leading your ladies to feel more comfortable in sharing during discussion time. So most people think that icebreakers are just for the first day of the study, but I actually personally like to start every meeting time together with a sort of icebreaker. And Mm. one that I really like to use often is sharing God wins from the week. Mm -hmm. And so a friend of mine coined that term. And it's just really encouraging ladies to reflect on the week and intentionally see God's faithfulness that week. It could be small. It could be big. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. a non-threatening way um, to get everyone to share something. And then another idea is creating questions that correlate with that day's study content. So for example, If you happen to be studying that day on Jesus feeding the 5,000, you can ask, what was the most satisfying meal you have ever eaten? So it's a great question just to get everyone relaxed, everyone talking, and it kind of connects the two. And so, yeah, possibilities are endless. And, you know, as I've done this in my Bible studies, I've just been so surprised at how these little things have increased our love and care and concern for one another because we got to hear about each other's weeks Mm. very briefly. Yeah, and that's a really important part of even the Bible study time that follows because as you begin to care for one another and be invested in each other's lives, those conversations about God's word, they're just going to come more naturally. Yeah. um, And they're going to be a lot more meaningful. I think another really crucial element of any Bible study is prayer. You know, I was looking at some scripture that talks about prayer, and there are just commands all over scripture Mm -hmm. to pray. That's probably one of the areas that we just, in general, (laughs) tend to neglect the most is prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think about 
Verses like James 5, 16 that says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so prayers actually produce something. Mm -hmm. Um, Ephesians 6, 18 tells us to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. So we need to pray. We are commanded to pray. Yeah. We need to pray that the Spirit would open our eyes to the truth of God's Word when we come to study His Word together. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for one another as we bear each other's burdens. We need to pray that God's will would be done. We need to pray for sanctification. Mm-hmm. We need to pray for all these things in the context of our Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And so if you are feeling intimidated about praying and about thinking, how do I do this if I'm going to do this publicly in mm-hmm. a group? Um, one simple method that I like to follow is the ACTS method of praying, Mm -hmm. the ACTS. It's a good structure, um, and it stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Mm -hmm. So you begin your prayer by adoring God for who he is, proclaiming who he is, what he's done. Um, You move on to confession, and that's confessing the places where we need him, the places Mm -hmm. where we fall short, the places where we need him to come and work. Um, Then we follow that with thanksgiving, thanking him for what we have seen him do in our lives, thanking him for who we know him to be Mm -hmm. from his word, and then following with supplication, and that is requesting things, right? Praying Mm -hmm. for the places where we need sanctification in our lives, praying for that situation that the woman at your table mentioned that she needs prayer for, praying Mm -hmm. for the struggles and the decisions and the places where you need wisdom and the places where you're doubting all of those things would go into that supplication category yeah i actually like that a lot i usually think like the axe method is for like personal prayer but i could totally see it being played out in a bible study well and i think it's really important that we model yeah praying as scripture calls us to pray and that's really based off of like the lord's prayer for example that we see Yeah. So you're starting your Bible study with adoration in particular, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. fantastic because it really sets the tone for the study and it really does kind of position all of our hearts to receive from him. And then I Mm -hmm. think different aspects of this method can be incorporated in different ways throughout our gathering time, right? Like we all know, usually formal prayer is at the beginning and the end of the meeting time. But I think there are so many different ways you can incorporate prayer within your Bible study. And Mm -hmm. for example, I think you can devote maybe five minutes at the end of that week's meeting um, for time for individual prayer, right? Especially like Mm -hmm. the confession and the supplication. Or you can even provide prompts to kind of guide that prayer time. Because let's be real, five minutes may seem like an eternity for a lot of us. And so, you know, this is a great place, like you said, Joanna, to teach things um, like praying scripture or using prompts or using the Acts method. This is a fantastic time to model that and teach that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think another thing that we like to do is leaving time at the end for women to partner up so that they can pray for each other's burdens and joys. I think that is really beneficial and it creates um, just this camaraderie. But I just really think that we need to intentionally create margin for extended prayer times. You know, maybe do it at the beginning of your study time. I know I said the end, but maybe at the beginning you leave that five minutes because I know, at least for me, I get rushed at the end because we're just um, really engaged in our discussion. And so you just don't want to shortchange prayer. Right. And I think that this is something that you can 
do differently from week to week and prayerfully consider how that might look. So Mm -hmm. I know that at my church, in our Bible studies, we have had nights where we have ended the evening with individual guided prayer where we had paper for women to write if they wanted to. And we Mm -hmm. had a series of prompts because it was particularly a night that was hitting on some really convicting aspects that we wanted women to have time to process through. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there was a night when we were talking, for example, in the book of Titus, we were talking about um, supporting the elders of our church. And we took Mm -hmm. time in our groups to pray for the different elders at our church. And each table had a picture of that elder and their family. And so sometimes we specifically had it be, hey, we want you to talk with your group and share what what your reaction was to tonight's study and pray for each other. So I think that it's really important to be sensitive to what's being taught, what kind of discussion is likely going to take place and to be okay with changing that from week to week and really honestly intentionally changing that from week to week if necessary. Mm -hmm. And then another element is discussion time, right? Discussion time where you discuss your reading, where you discuss the homework, um, for bigger studies, it's best to have breakout groups. Um, you can't have 50 women all having discussion together. It's going to yeah. be really surface level, and a lot of women are going to get left out. It's yeah. just the way that it works. Um, so with these breakout groups, be sure that each breakout group has a leader who is trained, who is on the same page mm-hmm. with everybody else about what we're trying to accomplish in the study, um, yeah. what kind of questions we want to be asking, things like that. Also, don't try to answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. If you have homework every day, you're not going to get through 15 questions. Pick a few from the homework that you want to hone in on or write a few of your own and really focus on questions that get at interpretation and application of the passage Mm -hmm. because you can ask those observation questions, but they're going to be one word answers. So you really want to make sure in your discussion time, you're trying to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's one thing I have to tell myself every time. Don't try to teach everything or your ladies will learn nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And also, I would encourage you not to shy away from the hard questions. You know, I think humility and vulnerability are crucial for leaders, and it can really affect the dynamics of the group. And it gives women permission to be real, and it creates a sense of sisterhood when you kind of press into these hard questions together. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If there's an answer you don't know, be honest about it and even say, hey, Let's look into this deeper this coming week and we can report back next week, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I know whenever I lead a new Bible study, that's like one of my first things that I kind of confess to the ladies, you know, that I am not an expert. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And I will also promise to follow up. And so I think it's important that every leader, you know, has this goal um, of modeling dependence on God. And that can happen by admitting you know, any of our shortcomings, any of our gaps in knowledge and understanding and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that I have liked to do, I did this when I was a high school teacher, but also in women's Bible studies. If someone asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, especially if it's maybe like 
a historical question or something mm-hmm. that I just honestly don't know. Sometimes I'll actually assign it to somebody in the group and say, hey, mm-hmm. would you mind looking that up and coming back next week? And I'll still yeah. look into it as well. But that actually helps the ladies in the group take ownership and yes. to actually practice going and researching those things on their own. And they're going to remember it a lot yeah, better than if sure. you just looked it up and told them the next exactly. week. But yeah, it's it's true. Leading discussion can be hard and it can be scary. And I'm not going to say that it's not. Um, it's really true that you can be wonderfully prepared with the best, most thought-provoking questions and you ask them and get nothing in response. And you know, you think, how can you have nothing to say? This was so good. (laughs) But this happens and it's good to have strategies to deal with the silence and help to stimulate conversation. So one strategy that we've already kind of mentioned is to start the conversation with icebreakers. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie, I think that you kind of hinted at this, but one thing that I think is really helpful is to connect the icebreaker to what you're actually going to be talking about later. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was at the Women's Training Network by the Gospel Coalition, Mm -hmm. and I got to sit in on a session that Melissa Kruger did. And she was basically talking about setting up a women's Bible study at your church. Oh, great. And she talked about having one icebreaker question that everybody answers. Mm -hmm. So if you are talking that night, um, let's say you are talking about lying. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something in the text about lying. She, She would say something like, if you were caught with your hand in the cookie jar, what kind of cookie would you be stealing? (laughs) So it's basically asking what's your favorite kind of cookie, but it's getting at that thing that you're doing something sneaky, right? And then the next question is an introductory question. And you might say something like, tell us about a time when you were a kid and you got caught doing something you weren't supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has to share with that one, right? Some people can share Mm -hmm. that. First one, everybody shares. The second one, maybe some people share, but you're actually leading into your topic in a fun, lighthearted way. So it doesn't feel like we're talking about our favorite flowers and then all of a sudden it's just this whole new topic. Yeah. So good. Um, One point to say about silence is commit to being okay with it. You know, I think we all know that it can feel awkward, but... You know, we have to be okay with it and give people time to think and to process. And personally, I am someone that really appreciates silence because I do like to really think about what I'm going to say before I say it. And I've definitely been in groups where the leader just moved on because they didn't like the awkward silence or the other temptation is to just fill the silence with just extra words. And we just Mm -hmm. have to remember that more often than not, the silence feels so much longer to us, the leader, (laughs) than to everyone else. So be okay with it. That is so true. Yeah. And I think it's actually okay to tell everybody I'm okay with silence. You know, there's yes. no problem if you guys need a few minutes to think. Because yeah. then people aren't awkwardly looking at you wondering how exactly. you're handling it. <laughs> right. Another thing, if nobody's answering, sometimes it's good to go first. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes nobody wants to be the first person to chime in, especially if it's something a little bit personal, a little bit vulnerable. But you can model that vulnerability sometimes by answering the question first. Not mm-hmm. every question. But, you know, use your judgment here and maybe answer one first and then see if anybody else chimes in. Yeah. And if you are using a curriculum, um, choose a question that was covered in the homework. So you can say, mm-hmm. what did you put for 
whatever question it was. Right. And then you'll have a higher chance that someone feels equipped and confident to answer. Mm -hmm. However, one caveat to that is don't ask questions that are just so obvious because (laughs) no one wants to answer the really obvious question, right? And you talked about that, like the one word everyone knows the Sunday school answer. Yeah, it's Jesus. (laughs) Um, So think through which questions you'll choose and maybe not one word, super obvious answers. And also don't ask questions that are like over the top meant for Bible scholars to answer. So just finding that happy medium. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to rephrase the question. And that's another strategy you can use. If you ask a question and people are looking at you kind of funny, they're squinting and looking at you sideways, chances are it was unclear. Yeah. Look at it. Think through it and say, let me ask it this way and rephrase your question. This takes practice. So Mm -hmm. I would almost suggest beforehand, maybe write out your question in two or three different ways and just have those on backup if you're not great at thinking on the spot. I just was laughing because I'm like, if you're a mom, you're probably pretty good at that (laughs) because you're repeating (laughs) things in different ways to get your four-year-old to understand. (laughs) That's true. So you may be good at it and you don't even know it. (laughs) Very, very true. Never hurts to have a little bit of extra stuff to fall back on, though. True. But if all else fails, just remember that you have the freedom to skip the question and come back to Mm -hmm. it later. You know, maybe some women need more time to think about it. It could be the yeah. case that you posed a question that requires some vulnerability. And because it's hitting on some more personal issues, um, maybe they just need to warm up to it. So maybe those questions maybe need to come later in the study. Yeah. And so, yeah, if they need to be rephrased, like Joanna said, rephrase it. If it doesn't work, push to the later in the study or just skip it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when you say, you know what, let's come back to that one later. Then the women do have time to think. And when it does come back, they're going to feel the pressure that at least somebody (laughs) needs to answer this question, right? And so they will have had time to think through it and maybe get the courage that they need to step out and be the one to answer. Now, you may have had the opposite experience. Sometimes you don't have the issue of nobody wanting to answer the question, but Maybe you have the issue of somebody who really likes to talk and who (laughs) likes to talk too much. And it pains me to say this because I can look back at times in my life when I was totally this person. Yeah. (laughs) And some of my family makes fun of me for being that person growing up. I think I've gotten a little bit better. Maybe. But um, I think we need some strategies to deal with that, too, because you don't want one person dominating the conversation because they might be getting so much out of it, but it really can make the rest of the people feel like they don't have a space to share or feel like they are unequipped to share. Um, So some things that you can do, try directing questions at specific people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe you say, Sarah, what did you think about this? Yeah. And if they don't like being put on the spot, say, that's okay, I'll come back to you. Jessica, what did you think about this? Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that you can do is when the person who loves to answer shares their answer, we don't want to discourage that, right? That's good that they want to speak. That's good that they Mm -hmm. want to talk. Um, We can say something like, thank you so much. Um, What does everybody else think? You know, not not saying, I don't want to hear from you, but saying that was great. How can we build on that? Who else has thoughts? Yeah, I've definitely used that (laughs) before. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even just saying someone who hasn't spoken up yet, do do you mind sharing? If you don't want to point to a specific lady to answer, 
Um, another thing that is going to happen if you lead Bible studies is someone may say something that doesn't align with scripture. And so you yeah. may think, okay, what oh, do I do hard. when this happens? <laughs> I know. Um, just remember, it's important to be zealous for the truth, right? Mm-hmm. But we also want to remember that this zeal that we have is for the benefit of the person and for the glory of God. Mm, yeah. And Ephesians 4, 2 through 3 tells us to treat each other with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. So our goal should be to speak truth in love, you know, yeah. not in a way to stir up arguments or even animosity. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always start my Bible study groups with this. Um, If there are any disagreements in our group, we are going to commit to holding the Bible as the ultimate authority on truth. And Mm -hmm. we all agree to that. You know, I've had this happen in in some Bible studies that I've been in. We sign group agreements, right, in case issues Mm -hmm. like this come up. And then we can just fall back on that agreement. Um, You don't have to do it that formally. But I always just say that blanket statement at the beginning of every study. It's good to have that expectation laid out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So say that a disagreement does come up or someone says something that doesn't align to Scripture you know, you guys all agree to allow scripture to speak for itself. And we're all agreeing that there is this single divine interpretation and we're working together to, um, you know, have some more clarity on that. But it's just not helpful to communicate the idea that there are no wrong answers or wrong mm. interpretations of scripture, right? We don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's also just this um, art of not belittling other people or insulting them for misunderstanding scripture. Because I think most of the time, those unbiblical statements are really not, you know, said from malicious intent, right? It's not right. that they meant to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Usually it's just an honest misconception. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, usually when, you know, these comments come, there is some grain of truth in those statements. And you can kind of cling on to that and use that to reorient the conversation. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just loving and more well-received when we restate the truth that they did say, affirm them, and then gently correct the kind of erroneous off statements. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. the goal is to point everyone back to scripture and that we're in this together, discovering the truth of who God is and who we are in light of him. Yeah, that's definitely a tricky situation. And it's going to require um, wisdom to mm-hmm. handle it from situation to situation and remembering that we are passionate about God's word, God's truth, and God's people. Um, mm-hmm. And so speaking the truth in love should definitely be our principle that we follow in all of that. Um, the next element of a Bible study is teaching. And this may or may not happen, depending on the size and the nature of your group. Um, But it can help to fill in some of the gaps from homework and discussion. Um, So a few different options. You could do it not at all. You could have it separate from discussion, or you could have it interwoven in your discussion. So to weave it into discussion, you as the leader can maybe teach a little and then ask questions as part of a larger conversation. So kind of insert little teachings. Mm -hmm. I've done this when I did an in-home Bible study where Mm -hmm. there were about 15 women, and I might even have like a whiteboard, and I would teach a little bit, and then we'd have a question for the group, and people could answer. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do it separate, in my opinion, it's usually best to have your teaching time 
after your discussion time because you don't want to teach the ladies to depend on the teaching. Mm -hmm. You want them to be able to go to God's word and study it on their own before falling back on teaching. Now, there are some exceptions to this. I will say there was a particular instance in my church, we were studying the book of Titus, and we were talking about a passage that has caused a lot of controversy mm. in the church, specifically talking about older women and younger women and um, how they relate to families in the church. And we knew that it could really go down some really difficult rabbit trails. Yeah, And so we wanted to go ahead and teach from the beginning and address some of those difficult problems because we were worried that the discussion time would be derailed because yeah. we'd get focused on some kind of tangent right. that would really yeah. be unhelpful. So yeah. we decided for that one night we were going to teach first. That's um, so you have the options to do a live teacher um, or you could do video teachings. Um, I would say right from the beginning, if you or someone in your church is gifted to teach, willing to do it, live teaching is always the better option yeah. because those people are going to know the women in your church. Mm-hmm. They're going to be committed to your church. They're going to be a part of your local church body. And that's always better. Mm-hmm. Um But that's not always the case. There isn't always someone who is gifted and equipped and willing to teach. And there are lots of studies that have videos accompanying them. We have a few at the Daily Grace Co., our Roman study, our James study, um, our First Peter study, a couple others that have weekly teaching videos that you can purchase along with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But if if you're going to be teaching, the way that you need to prepare to teach is first Use the inductive method to study the passage on your own. Study it, study it, study it. And then consult reliable commentaries. Um, Focus your teaching on the interpretation and application portions, kind of like we said before, um, with the assumption that the women will have maybe read the basic storyline. And um, you can kind of mention some of the basic storyline as you're going through, but your focus should be more on interpretation and application. And please remember, you cannot, you should not cover everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you are studying a passage of scripture, you could make message after message, teaching after teaching. You could do a year's teaching on one book of the Bible if you wanted to. You need to be focusing your teaching. You know, what are you hoping to drive home for the week? What Mm -hmm. is the big point that you are trying to take from the passage? You know, because sometimes one passage, you could focus on so many different things that it Mm -hmm. hones in on. But if you go all of the different directions, you can't really dive deeply into any of them. Yeah, all good points. So there are lots of different ways you can structure this Bible study We are not going to go into all of the specifics, but we do have a resource available for you, and it is going to be linked in our show notes, and it is called our Bible Study Leader's Guide, and it's going to walk you through all the stuff we've been talking about and give you some specific different types of studies. We talk about a coffee shop study. We talk about a living room study, a conference hall study. Um, a play date study. And so we're going to lay out how you can make all of those happen in that Bible study leader's guide. So for specifics, go ahead and check that out linked in our show notes. Right. And so now near the end of our conversation, we're going to say, okay, you've chosen your curriculum. You've worked out all of the logistics on format. 
Now we need to talk about how we are going to personally prepare to lead. And mm-hmm. this is for the lead teachers. It, it's for the breakout group leader. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. for leading in any capacity. It's right. important that we prepare on our own. Because like we said earlier, you can't be a good teacher or a leader if you're not familiar with the material, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so this doesn't mean you'll always have a perfect understanding of the text, but You know, we're just remembering that we're being entrusted to lead a group. So we need to seek to do everything we can to teach the passage faithfully by seeking God in his word. So when you're working with the text, the first thing you always want to do is pray. And we want to be sure to prepare prayerfully, right? We have to remember that the text we're working with is the word of God and he Mm -hmm. alone can open our eyes and give us understanding. So in prayer, we orient ourselves in a posture of humility and we ask him to reveal himself to us through his word. Right. And another important thing to remember as you're approaching the text is remember that the Bible is a book about God. And a lot of times we tend to approach scripture as we're studying as if it's about us. It's a book about who we are and Mm -hmm. what we should do. And while those things are included It flows out of our knowledge of who God is. Mm -hmm. So as you're studying, as you're preparing to teach or to lead or even just to facilitate discussion, be sure that you are looking at the text and asking the question, what does this tell me about who God is? Right. And really, the goal is to uncover the intended meaning of the passage. And we don't want to fit scripture into our own ideas or our own illustrations, right? We want to teach the ladies in our study to also ask the right questions and approach scripture in the right way. Yeah. And like we said before, as you're preparing, use the inductive method, which you can learn more about in our free Word of Life study on the Daily Grace Co. app. Use the inductive method before consulting commentaries. Mm -hmm. Commentaries are good. They are helpful. But we need to be going to God's Word on our own first in order to Develop the skills to interpret what it says and to apply it to our own lives. Yeah, and it'll stick in your mind better, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And as you kind of work through the text, write down questions that you have, right, in the margin. And also take a few minutes to kind of anticipate the questions you think the ladies in your study might have Mm -hmm. and just kind of prepare in that kind of way. Yeah, it's really good to anticipate those and kind of see where could discussion get derailed and what are some strategies that I can use to kind of bring it back. Mm -hmm. Another thing is when you are studying and when you are looking to commentaries specifically, make sure to take detailed notes when you read commentaries because somebody might ask for your reference And I don't mean this in like a judgy kind of way, like what's your reference? But I mean, some people (laughs) honestly want to know, wow, where did you read that? I'd love to go read more about that too. And you can direct them there. Or sometimes you need to look back. Sometimes you are looking at your notes and you're thinking, what was I talking about? And you can go (laughs) and look back at where you read that information to get a good understanding. That's good. I need to get into that habit of like more. Yeah. (laughs) So I know this all sounds like a lot of work. And you know what? We're not even going to sugarcoat it and say it's not a lot of work. (laughs) It is work. But I think we just need to remember that we are being invited to join God in his work. And Mm. I think we'll see that all of the work is worth it. And it's a privilege to serve in ministry in this capacity, right? So we just need to remember that this is God's work that we get to do. 
And man, there are eternal implications here. And what more worthy cause is there, right? To pour ourselves into. So it's a lot of work, but it is worth it. And it is a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah, I can say that even with all the times that I didn't want to prepare and I just felt like, oh man, this is a lot. It always was so worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was always such an amazing thing to join together with God's people and study his word together. And really a true blessing and a privilege to be able to do that. Um, So just to remind you, if you are interested in being an official Daily Grace Co. local study leader, please go and apply to be a leader. And we're going to make sure that our leaders are equipped, that we give you a little bit of training um, mm-hmm. to help you um, feel equipped. And, um, you know, you can go ahead and check out that Bible study leaders guide that really walks through everything we've talked about today and more in a very beautifully designed by our wonderful graphic designer, <laughs> Katie, sheet for you to be able to refer to. And also, if you would like to join a group, please go ahead and let us know that you're interested by signing up on the website as well so we can start working on getting some groups together. Yeah, totally excited about this Daily Grace Local. Join us. And, you know, this episode might have been just a lot of information, but we really do truly hope that it was helpful. And, you know, we have to just remember If you have placed your faith in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you, guiding you in wisdom and understanding. So he is the one that produces the fruit, right? We just have to be faithful in sowing the seed, which is the word of God. So press on, friends. Join us in a Daily Grace local group. Become a leader. And yeah, we look forward to talking with you guys next week.